Amen. Well, good morning, Grace Life Church. Glad that you're here this morning on this beautiful Easter resurrection morning. What a wonderful day it is. Amen. That we are celebrating our Savior who has risen, Jesus Christ, King of Kings, and what? Lord of Lords. Oh, Lord. y'all Lord. say it better. King of Kings. No, we didn't do that very good. Praise the Lord. Amen. Jesus Christ is what? King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen. If you're joining us this morning by Facebook, we're glad that you're part of the service here this morning. We trust that something will be said this day that will, that will minister to your life. I tell you, the God, aren't, we just had a song for those of you who are joining us. We were just listening to the, the beautiful hymn, Amazing Grace and the depth of that song. I hope it never becomes complacent to any of us. And if you're born again, I want you to listen to these words. If you will go to Ephesians chapter two. Since thinking about that song, I got up this morning and I had two two words. I had them last night and had them all morning about what to minister on on this resurrection morning. I generally like more than two words. But this is what was given to me, and it was called amazing, amazing grace. Amazing grace. And so Ephesians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul, in verse 1, he says, And you hath he quickened, who were dead in your trespasses and in your sins, where in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, it's that spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. A moment also you had your conversation, which means your manner of life. In the past, in the lust of your flesh, you were fulfilling the desires of your flesh and of your mind. And you were by nature. Someone say by nature. By nature. Say we're by nature. We're you were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. And I always make a big emphasis in chapter four of these next two words. But God. So you were by nature the children of wrath. But God, who is rich in mercy, wherewith his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when you were dead in sins, hath quickened us together in Christ. It's by grace, by the unmerited favor of God that you are saved. Right? It's not, the Bible says in other places, it's not by your works. There's no amount of works. There's no amount of good things that you could do. It's not joining the church. It's not having your name on a roll that you belong to the first oh, down at, on 42nd and whatever street. It's not because you gave into the missionary fund. It's not because you taught Sunday school. It's not because you helped build on, you know, the Sunday school annex of the church. All these things are good and wonderful. But we're saved because of, we put our faith in our Savior, Amen. Jesus Christ. It's not of works because if it's works, the Bible says we, we could boast. We could say, look what we have done. But we sang a song this morning and said, look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. I, I, I don't know about you. I'm not trying to go back and think about my past because that person that was is dead. Amen. But I have a memory of, the, of that person who used to exist, the, the old man. 
the old man Eric. Now, I'm not talking about the, the, the new man. I'm talking about the old man, which the Bible says has died, that he was corrupted by the, by the very nature we were children of wrath. And I don't know about you, but it helps me sometimes to go back and remember the man that I used to do, used to be so that I can appreciate the man that I am now in Christ Jesus. Amen. Can I get some better amens this morning? Aren't, aren't you glad that you're not who you used to be? Amen. Glory to God. How many of you think that probably without God, you may not even be here this morning? Amen. You know, we just know about the wrecks that we avoided. <laughs> we just know about the things that look like, you know, could have been the end of our life. We don't even know about the things he spared us from. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. So here we are. We are children. Here we are his children. It says even verse five, even when you are dead in sin, he quickens you together by grace you are saved. And he hath raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavy places in Christ Jesus that in the ages to come. Now, remember, this was written to ages to go. Right. So Paul was talking about ages ago. There would be a time that in ages to come that he would show the exceeding riches. Listen to the word, the riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. I want to tell you this morning, God loves you. And God is not mad. He loves you and he's not mad and he's not disappointed in you. The church hasn't always preached that and sometimes still doesn't preach it. And so we need to understand that the, the gospel, the true gospel is the gospel. Paul said in Galatians chapter one, if any man preach any other gospel than that, than that which I preached to you, let that man be accursed. In other words, I mean, let him be doomed. And so the gospel that Paul preached was a gospel that had never been preached before. And it was a gospel because Paul was a Pharisee of all Pharisees. He actually said he kept the law. He thought he, thought he kept it to the very jot and tittle. Isn't it amazing whom God chooses? That God took Saul, Paul, which is formerly, as you know, if you didn't know this, you probably heard the Apostle Paul. But that really wasn't his name. His actual name was what? Saul of Tarsus, which is, you know, on the other side of Montgomery. <laughs> See if y'all are still here or not. Anyway, yeah, Tarsus. You, you know where it is right there. You know where, you know, you got that. And then you got Wetumpka. And then there's, there's Tarsus yeah, stuck right in there. Amen. <clears throat> I see I got my work cut out for me today. Praise the Lord. Well, he says, uh, verse, uh, yeah, so our salvation, verse 9, is not of works, lest any man should boast. Look at verse 10. For we are his workmanship. Wow. We are his workmanship. You, gotta, you, you need to be careful putting yourself down. You are his workmanship. You're created in Christ Jesus. Amen. Unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So I wanted to tell you about how amazing this grace is. And so this morning, even on resurrection morning, I want you to go with me to the book of Luke and give you simply what I feel like he gave me. And I mean, 
kind of hot off the press for me. Luke 16 and verse 15 says, And he said unto them, Ye that are which justify yourselves before men, but God knoweth your hearts. For that which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. In verse 16, Jesus said, The law and the prophets. Now this, this, this verse, when I read it years ago, it changed my entire life. It changed my entire theology. In other words, what I understood when I saw this and got confirmation of it, revelation of it, was I realized I was misinformed. This revelation, we won't have time to dig into it today to give its proper due, but this is a transformation scripture that will literally change your whole world. And Jesus said that the law and the prophets were until John since that time, the kingdom of God is preached and every man presses into it. Now, he distinguished between before he came, he said that the law and the prophets were until who? John. Now, now who's he talking about? John who? John the Baptist, right? So he distinguishes two different dispensations or two different things here. He talks about the law and is a conjunction. It used to be anyway, right? and the prophets. Well, the law would be the first five books of the Bible. Genesis, what are they? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. That's five. The word five simply means, it, the, the, the five was the, the Pentateuch, which simply just means five. The first five books of the Bible. And in that first five books of the Bible, God gave law through Moses. Some call it the Mosaic Laws. We understand that in those laws, there was over 613, which you could, would call ceremonial laws. There, of course, was the Ten Commandments. And through those laws, God would hand down from an angel, gave it to Moses, and Moses uh, to the ministers, and this is how people understood God in the sense that they understood Him by instructed by the priests and about God's laws and by precepts and how they would have, they would have, uh, uh, how they would have a um, a uh, understanding of God and what He expected of them and from them and how they would have in their time a uh, in, to know His presence, you might say, which is entirely different than yours. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, the law. After the, the first five books, the next book that you have in your Bible is called Joshua. I remember Joshua. Now, what does Joshua's name mean? Savior, right? A type and shadow of Jesus. So from Genesis and this is, well, this is just a, a headlines of what should be taught here. But, but from Joshua to the last book before John the Baptist comes, this is called the prophets. From Joshua to Malachi. In your Bible, I don't know, no matter what version that you have of the Bible, what translation, 
there's something that separates what from, it's called the Old Covenant. This is pretty basic, isn't it? It's called the what? The New Testament, or it's called the New Covenant. How many in your Bible, you have an Old Covenant? You have an Old Testament. How many of you have the New Testament? And then there's the last dispensation called the Book of Maps. No, that's, no I'm just kidding. Anyway, see if you're still here with me. But old, the Old Covenant, New Testament, Old Testament, New Testament, Old Covenant, New Covenant. Say that with me. Say, say Old Testament. New Testament. Old, old Covenant. New Covenant. So see, the Old, the old Testament had a support base of called an old, the Old Covenant. And of course, the New Testament has a covenant for it called the New Covenant. And so what has happened in our time, in our dispensation, is that we have, we've been born again into a New Covenant but a lot of times we don't have the understanding of this, so we are operating as new believers, but a lot of times we're operating out of an old covenant, which is not supposed to be happening. Which is why many times we are not seeing the breakthroughs and the results that we're supposed to see because we are approaching God the wrong way. We are approaching God as if we were an Old Testament believer. And you're not. And the, the gospel that Paul preached was so, the revelation of it was so, I don't, I don't even know the words to use. I mean, so you've heard me say this before. Peter and John and Andrew and all the disciples, they were there with Jesus for three, three and a half years with him. Paul wasn't there. Paul got his revelation through Jesus Christ personally after, many years after Jesus came, walked the earth, went to the cross, raised from the dead, gone to heaven, and Jesus appeared to, to Saul of Tarsus, where on the road to where Damascus. And Paul is a Pharisee of Pharisees, and he's carrying le letters that will, can, can imprison you, could stone you, could have you killed if you were a so-called Christian. And that time they called it those who were in the way. And if you were in the way, Paul would get you out of the way. But God, through Jesus Christ, introduced himself, Saul. And through that introduction on the road to Damascus, Paul got, had a vision of Jesus Christ. And Jesus asked him in a vision, he said, Paul, why do you persecute me? And... Um, it's kind of funny when you go back there and read it. Saul, before he's Paul, asked a question. He said, who are you, Lord? In other words, he answered his own question. <laughs> Isn't it funny how you get revelation, you get the answer too, you know. <laughs> he says, why are you persecuting me? See, God takes personal what we do to others. He said before he died, he said, they'll know that you're my disciples. He says, here's the distinguishing way that they'll know that you're of me, that you're my disciples. Is it because you work miracles? Is it because you speak in divers tongues, interpretations? Is it because you have words of wisdom and words of knowledge? You have amazing gifts and you have such great oratory skills that you just amaze people. Is that how they'll know that you're me? No. No, something much simpler than that, but so much with so much depth 
that I do not have the, the English vocabulary to even, I feel like a third grader, you know, or, you know, or a three-year-old, you know, trying to portray what he said here. He said, this is how they will know you are of me. If they see you loving one another as I have loved you. We watched this week a lecture I watched. Michelle watched. I tried to get Michelle to watch it years ago. She said, I just can't handle it. How many of y'all watched The Passion of Christ when it came out in 2004? Did y'all go to the theater? <clears throat> Only movie I went to, where they, no one was eating popcorn. They were not eating any little Reese pieces. <laughs> there was a lot of weeping. There was a lot of crying. There was people getting up because they couldn't. They couldn't. It's two hours and six minutes of torture. And Lexi and I watched it, and Michelle watched it. Then, of course, I got a little tradition of watching Ten Commandments. Sometimes, you know, it comes on last night, you know. And uh, so, you know, according to the Passover and all the miracles that God did, but. When you, when you watch The Passion of Christ, that Mel Gibson made that movie, you only get a small glimpse, a very small glimpse, actually, of what happened to Jesus. Very small glimpse to what happened to Jesus. Isaiah 52, the prophets, because we're talking about the law and the prophets. So the prophets go from, from Joshua to Malachi. And there's many things in there to learn from each book. There's knowledge to be gained. There's things that you can apply to your life, but you don't need to add revelation beyond what is to be revealed in those books. And it's my belief that you want to this for yourself. The major revelation of everything from Joshua to Malachi is that their purpose is, as the prophets, remember, Jesus is the law and the prophets, and he fulfilled all of it. He was the fulfillment of the, of the first five books, the Pentateuch. And he was the fulfillment of the prophets. So every prophet from, from Joshua to Malachi, they prophesied of the one who's coming. Any revelation that you get beyond that is, is more than what you need, I think. A lot of information in that you can use. But their, their purpose, the prophets, was to foretell. They were to prophesy. Now, what does prophesy mean? Well, prophesy means, if you look up the word, it means a bubbling over, right? A, a, a stirring on the inside. When, when someone prophesies, they are seeing something ahead. They are foretelling, and it's so big on the inside of them, it must come out. Mm -hmm. In utterance. So they foretold of this Messiah. They foretold of this Savior. And they spoke of the one who would come before him that we know to be John the Baptist. And I'll only quote the last prophet of Malachi in verse 3 1. Do my turn there. It says, Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom you seek shall suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant whom you delight in. Behold, he shall come, says the Lord of hosts. So the prophets tell of the Messiah 
that is coming. John the Baptist comes and he, he is the one who prepares the way for the Messiah, right? He's not the one, but he is the preparer of the one. Now, the scripture said, you know, we, we've talked about this before. It's a really amazing things about John's life. And because we understand that his mother, you know, Elizabeth, and we know Mary, the, the mother of Jesus, you know, they were, they were family. And we know that, that an angel visited John's father, and there was a little trouble there, remember, of him believing, even though he had an angel, because he said, how could we have a child at this age? And, uh, and so he said, in other words, I don't, I don't see how this can happen. It's not going to happen. And so the angel shut his mouth. Well, sometimes, you know, see, you can, you can abort what God wants to do in your life because you're speaking words contrary to what he wants to do in your life. And you understand that death and life is in the power of your tongue. And if you speak the plan of God and you kill it with your own words. So God could not let this plan of redemption die with uh, Zacchaeus, uh, John the Baptist's father. So he shut his mouth. I hope that you don't get to a place that, that God can't do what he wants to do in your life and he has to shut your mouth for a half a month. Now, I know a few people that would be a relief for some other people's ears, you know, just, just thank you, Lord, for this half a month right here. No, I mean, no one I know personally, I just like, just like I'm sure there's some people, amen, who couldn't speak. But, but John got revelation. I mean, Zacchaeus got revelation during that six month, even though he couldn't speak. And when the baby was born, they asked him, uh, What's his name going to be? And after six months, he said, John. <laughs> he finally agreed with God. And the angel said, we can unlock the, we can lock the old man's mouth right now. <laughs> we're calling the boy John. Not naming him after me. He's not going to be little Zach. He's going to be John. John, John, John. John, 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 John. He, he, he didn't want his mouth shut anymore. And John began to proclaim a message. His was repent, 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 repent. Repent, repent, and repent, and he would baptize people, right? He would repent. But he said, there's one coming after me who is so mildly that I will not even be able, I, he said, even to latch his shoelaces. I'm so unworthy. And that day came that Jesus came, and he came over that hill, and he came to the water. And John said, behold, the one whom the Father sends, he is here. And John didn't want to baptize him, of course. <clears throat> would you want to baptize Jesus? But there's order to the things of God. We have to understand there's order. And it was the order of God for him to be baptized. He had to come as the son of man, the son of God, but he had to come as the son of man to represent you. Amen. See, Jesus couldn't die as deity, although he was. He couldn't die as deity and represent mankind. For all men have sinned through Adam's transgression and all men were guilty before God. Jesus had to, had to strip himself of, of, of being God. Can, can, can you imagine that? Jesus is God himself and had to become a human? Man, you're talking about a, a step back. Can you imagine being in heaven and all the glory of heaven and, and then come to be born in a manger and, and be a human? And that's what happened. So John foretold of him. Jesus said later on, he says, there has never been a prophet 
nor will there ever be a prophet born greater than John the Baptist. We've talked about this before. What's amazing about that statement to me, there's many things, but what stood out to me was, if you ever studied John the Baptist, you never see John do one miracle, do you? Have you ever heard about John the Baptist healing any person? Did he cast out any devils? Did he, did he, did he, set, did he open the waters? You know, you know, did, he, did he cleanse the leper? No. So it wasn't the acts of God that stood out so much that there will not be another prophet like him. So it must have been his message. So Jesus said there never has been, nor will there ever be, a prophet that has been born that is greater than John. But, listen to this because this is you now. But he that is born again, in other words, born again, he that is least in the kingdom of God is greater than John. How many are born again? You're greater, you're greater than John. John never did a miracle. John had the privilege beyond all privileges, and this was the, the, the greatest honor any prophet could have above Elijah and Elisha and all the miracles and all the, that Elijah and Elisha saw. And Elisha had twice what Elijah did. Remember that? Double portion of that? Jesus said, no, John. John's the greatest of all prophets. It's not because of what he did. It's what he got to announce. And his announcement is this. He's coming. <laughs> now, why is it that your message is greater than his? It's because he's not in a temple. He's not in a manger. He's not just in heaven. He's not in Israel. He's not in Jerusalem. Your message is, he's here. Amen. <laughs> Greater is he that is in you Amen. than he that's in the world. No prophet, no evangelist. Daniel couldn't say it. David couldn't say it. Ruth couldn't say it. Naomi couldn't say it. Abraham couldn't say it. None of them could say it. Moses couldn't say it. The greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world, that I am the very temple of the Holy Ghost, that I am the habitation. Ephesians says you are the very habitation of God. What does that mean? That God lives on the inside of you. That means that you are the household. That means that you are the home. That means that you are the address of God himself. Can you... Imagine trying to go back into the old covenant and explain that to these people that God was going to move out of this holy place. That if you touched it, you're, you're going to die, sucker. It's like you want to die? Touch, just, just, just touch that. Just, just touch it. One guy did touch it. He was just trying to help and steady, you know, just steady so the it wouldn't fall. And he and he hit some Holy Ghost electricity. <laughs> we'll call it that, okay? And all, all of the power of God, all of the love of God, all of the goodness of God. Moses, you, you, you remember how Moses wanted to see the God? He just wanted to see God. He asked, he says, 
I, I, I want to see your face. I, I want to see you and know what you look like. Moses, God says, no, 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 you don't. <laughs> this is the West translation. There, there's one called the West. This is the West. My last name is West. So this is, the, this is the West translation. But God says, no, boy, you really don't want to see my face. He said, but I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll let you see my back parts. So he put Moses back over here, remember the cleft of the rock? He says, stay behind the, the cleft of the rock, and then I'm going to pass by, and you're going to see my back parts. And that actually happened. But there's a double reference there. He saw the back parts of God. So God has a body and anatomy somewhat like yours, I suppose, right? Now, I don't know if he does his hair like you and he likes the same you know, shirt that you got on. It's not that we're made in that kind of image. But Moses actually saw the back parts of God. I said this before and he said it again. How did Moses write the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, or that we have in your Bible, Genesis. Remember the Pentateuch, what are they? Genesis. Y'all need to look. <laughs> Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. How did he write them? He wasn't there. God showed him his back parts. God showed him where he'd been. Amen. When God can sh shows you where you've been, you can write it in a book. Amen. God's not only want to show you where he's been. Now in this covenant, he wants to show you where he is. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. <laughs> I'm going to finish that movie. Lex and I are going to finish the Ten Commandments sometime today or tomorrow, whatever like that. We, we love that Red Sea. How many of y'all like when the Red Sea? I mean, for 1956, I mean, they, they really had some, you know, they were working it, didn't they? And I know they don't have all they work with now in Hollywood, and Hollywood can come up with some stuff. Well, anyway, praise the Lord. But anyway, but for 1956, it wasn't bad, was it? So that lets us see where God was. But Jesus was the great I am then, right? Amen. When Moses was sent to free them before Passover, Moses wanted to know this after he was getting over the well, could you imagine going up onto a mountain and you see a bush burn, it's not consumed, and the bush starts to talk to you? And the bush says, take off your, your sandals, you're standing on holy ground. How many of y'all ever had talked to a bush or it talked back to you? Well, if it is, you're smoking something, but don't tell, don't, don't tell anybody. You Thank God for the blood. So, no. So, the, the, he said... Moses said, God, if I go, and he was a stutter. If I go, 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 That's what he was trying. He was trying to get out. He said, they'll ask me, what is his name? What is the name of your God? You remember what was spoken in the book of Exodus? 1956 film, I'll do the best I can. It's got a little John Wayne in it. I am, no, it's Elvis, I'm sorry. <laughs> you get it right. No. no, he said, I am that I am. I am, Jesus said, the, re the resurrection, and I am the what? I am the life. 
He didn't say, I hope to be. I'm going to be. One day I'm going to grow up to be. I used to be. Back way back then, he's still the great what? I am. And the I am who took two to three million of Jews, God's people, out of slavery and out of bondage and done the most miraculous miracles is still the same I am in your life today. Oh, I wish you, I know you heard that, but I wish you would really hear it. How I wish you would hear it. How he so wants you to hear that he's still for you. And he speaks to you. He says, I know how you hurt. I know that situation in your family. I know that. And I want you to know that I am with you. Amen. Hmm? He didn't say he would always deliver us out of trouble. He said, but I'll be with you what? In trouble. Amen. Daniel didn't get delivered from the lion's den. Now, for me personally, I would like to get delivered and they changed the whole law before them. Wouldn't you? But Daniel found his deliverance in the den. Amen. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I mean, Abednego found their redemption where? In their fiery furnace. Because they said, we will not. If you say and you do what you say to do this and you're going to throw in the fire, just know this. We will not bow down to any image. The only, only image, the only one we're going to bow to is God himself. So if you're going to throw us in the furnace, throw us in the furnace because we won't be bowing down to you or any other image. Amen. And so they were thrown in the fire furnace. You remember that? Amen. Who was it, Nebuchadnezzar? I got the right guy. That's what happens when you don't, don't know you're going to preach on this stuff. He's like, yeah. Uh, so he, he looked and he said, hey, 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 hey. I thought we only throw three of them in there. You know, Abednego, right? He didn't bow, right? No, he didn't bow. That Billy Goat, he wouldn't go down either, right? Meshach says, no way. And he looked and he said, but I, I, I see a fourth man in there. <laughs> And he, he looks like the son of God. How did he know that? He must have got revelation. He couldn't have known it before that or he wouldn't have had a stupid thing like that going on, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> so God can give revelation to an idiot. Amen. Praise the Lord. You don't have to be some Bible scholar. He can talk to a, you know... There was a time where a donkey had more revelation than the man riding him, right? So if God can use a donkey, he'll use you, he'll use me. So Jesus said, I, I am this resurrection and I am this life. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Now you're not in the old covenant. You're in the brand new. Amen. Everything about you is brand new. Amen. You can't live under the old rules because you have the new rules. And your rules is not written down in a book. They're written on the inside of your heart. The old, the old Testament told them that you are to teach these to your children. You're to know them and you are to teach them to know their God. When I began to understand something about grace in the new covenant, I had to say, well, I've got to throw that 
away and I got to quit teaching this and that's, man, that's Old Testament and this, oh my God, this is not whatever. And get rid of all your series on how to know God. I'll teach you how to know a God. Well, the New Testament, he says, I'll be in them. I'll be their God. They'll be my children. And they, they shall know me from the youngest to the oldest without Eric's help. Imagine that. That God didn't have to have me to teach you how to know him when he was on the inside of you. Imagine that. That God could get along without me. And maybe some of you. Wow. New covenant. New Testament. Hebrews said, I think it's the Hebrews, he said, if the old covenant had been faultless, mm. there would have been no need for a new one. Amen. You say, did God make a mistake? No, he didn't make a mistake. He never wanted him to have it anyway. That's right. <laughs> but Israel wanted it. I said, we want, you, we, we want you to treat us like, you know, other nations and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, in Israel before, they, we wanted a king. And, you know, that's how they got Saul. God didn't want him to have a king, but, but we, we, we want a king. So, so if you want it, God will let you have it. He said, well, this is what he's going to do to you. Well, we want him anyway. God told him all the bad sides of taking a king. And he says, well, we still want to be like everybody else. We still have that problem today. Yeah. Everybody trying to be like somebody else. You know, if I try to be like Mr. Bill, we're going to have a little trouble. <laughs> Amen? You thought I was talking about skin color. I wasn't. I was talking about if I'm him and you bring your car to me to fix tomorrow, <laughs> the way you bring it is the way it's going to leave. <laughs> Because I'm going to pop the hood and I'm going to walk around and say, hmm, hmm, Shandai, close the hood and hope that works. Hallelujah. <laughs> I don't fix a lot of problems. I do make food disappear. And today I'll work on that too. But, if the old, but he said, but if the old kind of been followed, there would have be, been no need for a new one. Jesus said in, in the book of Hebrews, it was said of Jesus, he said, Father, you never wanted animal sacrifices. You never wanted burnt offerings. You, you never wanted burnt offerings like it was in the old covenant. That you, got, you found your yearly repentance. You bought your best goat, right? Your, be, your best lamb, the best. Not the one with the back leg broken and blind in one eye and <laughs> deaf. He's like, well, I guess if we got to give one up, give up old, you know, get along back there. No, you had to, you had to bring your best. And then the, it had to be the best because the priest is going to examine it to see if you brought something, a good one. It had to be without blemish. And what was the priest doing? He was examining your sacrifice to see if it was worthy because he was going to take his life. He was going to slit his throat and he was going to take that blood. And that blood was going to be a type and shadow of, the, of, of a, a, a covering of your sin, an atonement and, and, and or, or, or a covering of your sin. Your sin wasn't going anywhere. They're going to cover it. But in Jesus, there's no covering. Amen. <laughs>
There's no underlayer under this stuff. There's no religion for an hour. Then we get out of here and eat some ham and some angel eggs and, you know, a biscuit, whatever. And then we have this, we have this uh, sin consciousness that stays in us always. And what happened Thursday and how we blew it and how we still had the same problem. And we still have these things working in our flesh that we hate and all this kind of stuff. And we feel condemnation all the time. But you need to know that you need to be son of God conscious and not sin conscious because you are in a new covenant because of the blood that we sang of in Jesus Christ. Amen. You've been washed and cleansed and purified and now you are presented from God. Jesus presents you before the, before the Father God himself. How? The Bible says holy and blameless. Watch here. And Jesus presents you without blemish. Amen. Glory. And he knew what happened Thursday. Amen. Yes. Now, religion has a hard time with what I'm about to say. But if, so if you want to come with me and do a little sparring, we'll do it after, after lunch. <laughs> God doesn't record sin. Keep your stones down. Keep your stones down. Come into the new covenant. Come into the new covenant. Jesus took all your sins. Remember it said he stripped the devil of all his authority and he took that which was contrary to you, that which was on a stone. What was on a stone? The Ten Commandments. That's what you were guilty of. God gave commandments to people who knew he, they, they, they could not keep them. He knew they were going to keep them. He knew they couldn't keep them. But they wanted them. All the Ten Commandments, all that it was for was to show man that in himself he had no ability to be righteous on his own. Amen. How many figured that out already? <laughs> and, you're, and you're not yet 70 years old and, and you found out you, you, you slipped a time or two. Well, not you, but you got a brother-in-law. You know what I'm talking about. So we know that we've been guilty before. And that's why when we sing the song Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but in Jesus I've been found. Amen. I was blind, but now I, I see. Amen. <laughs> Towards grace. Whew. Then it talks about 10,000 years from now and thousands upon thousands upon thousands of years. So the blood of Jesus has cleansed you, made you righteous, made you holy, made you blameless without fault. And in the new covenant, it says this in Romans 10. He says, I will no longer, Hebrews, y'all mind me quoting a New Testament scripture? Amen. Hebrews 10, he says, now you are in a new and living way. You are in a new and a living covenant. And in this new covenant, I will not remember your sins anymore. So that you have a righteousness consciousness. Now, here's always the thing. Wow, you do that, people just start sending all over the place. Well, they were doing it before I told them. You ever been on Highway 65 out here before? You was going 70 and someone passed you going 90? There wasn't no sign that says, but 70, but if you're in a hurry, go ahead. <laughs> right? They're, they're doing it anyway, right? How many of you ever been passed? You know, you've been going 70 and someone passed you and you thought, that's got to be 100 or close to it, right? Yeah, I saw you much just last week. You'd come by me at the truck. I mean, it's like, man, that boy was in a hurry. <laughs> I speak protection over him in the name of Jesus. 
child used that on a policeman one time. He saw, I, I, I don't use this. He says, he, says, he says, what's that? And I said, it's the Bible. He says, you're a preacher? I said, yeah. He said, why are you speeding for? I said, well, don't ever use this. It didn't work for me. I said, well, the Lord's doing a quick work. <laughs> he said, well, you and the Lord's getting a warning today. <laughs> so I state trooper going to warn the Lord. <laughs> and the Lord didn't pay the ticket, so I'd take it out of my tie. I'd take it out of my tie. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. I lose more friends that way. I don't know why. Hallelujah. But we're in the new covenant. Luke chapter 22. If you go get the children, we're going to receive communion this morning. We don't want your roast to burn or your ham. But we don't want to hurry up something that's so amazing. Now, you could preach on resurrection, you know, for weeks and weeks and make a series out of it and never touch the same scriptures. That's just how amazing it is. Luke 22. After the coronavirus, according to the world's over, which is already over as far as I'm concerned, but we, we're, we'll use something other than, than what we're giving you this morning. Gentlemen, if you'll go ahead and serve the people. Those of us here have used this many times. We could use the other stuff, but we didn't know if you wanted us touching all your bread and stuff. And, So if you haven't used this, there's a top layer on the inside is the bread, or actually it's like some form of styrofoam, but you, you can eat it and still live somehow. Praise the Lord. And inside of that is juice. And I, always, and I always say to people, if you can figure out how to get into this little package, all things are possible to you. Amen. I'd shake it up a little bit if I was you. Since it expired two years ago. No, I'm kidding. We just got it. <laughs> just got it Saturday. <laughs> I was with a pastor one time. He saw, he looked at the box and it had been expired by the year. And he said, ah. And I said, well, drink it first. Now, why do we receive the communion? And who's the communion for? The communion is for the believer, right? Not the unbeliever. Say that with me. Say communion, communion. is for a believer, for not, a believer. Not, a not a non-believer. So if you're a non-believer and you're here, or if you're watching me and you're a non-believer and you want to join us, grab you something, get you some water, some juice, a cracker, bread. But we're all going to be believers this morning. If we're not, we'll be. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I need you. I ask you to come into my life. I ask you to come into my heart. Save me. Fill me with your spirit. Let your son live his life in me. I give my life to you completely and holy be my Lord and be my Savior. Jesus said, he who comes to me, I will no wise will I cast him out. In Jesus' name, you're saved if you, if you meant that and believed it in your heart. Amen. So the communion is for the believer. 
And Jesus had communion the night before he was betrayed, signifying, of course, the Passover that took place. When the death angel came to Israel, now you can watch that on the old Ten Commandments movie, when the death angel came and they had taken the blood of a, an animal and, you know, and took a hyssop and they dipped it in the blood and they over the lintel of their, of their home, the doorpost of their home. And when the death angel came and visited and came through Goshen, not one Israelite died. Not one. But you might say on the other side of town, start with Pharaoh's son, the firstborn, which came out of his mouth, the firstborn, a very Egyptian died and their animals. Is God a protector? Yes. Does God keep his word? Yes. Is he still I am? Yes. yes. So we don't need to dip blood over our doorpost because your heart has been sprinkled with the blood of God, been washed in the blood. And he's purged your conscience, your mind from any dead works to the reality of the sonship of who you are, that you are now not a friend of God. I like that, okay? There's a song about, I'm a friend of God. Well, that's, that's okay, but, you, but, but you're, you're much better than a friend. Amen. You're his son. You're his daughter. Amen. You're, you're in the royal family. Glory to God. Amen. What wouldn't you do for your child, your son or your daughter, your loved ones? So that night in which he, before he was betrayed in Luke's gospel, the gospel of Luke, and um, it's the 22nd chapter, and you can just listen. It said this, he says in, in verse 16, he says, I say unto you, I will not any more eat thereof until it's fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took the cup and gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say unto you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God shall come. And he took bread and gave thanks and break it and gave unto them saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do in remembrance of me. Now, it's not a memorial. A lot of times when people take, receive communion, it's like it's a sad moment. It's not a sad, it's a celebration. He, he said, he didn't say do this as a memorial for me. He said, do this in remembrance of me each time you take it. Likewise, he says, the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the what? Ah, what, what, what we've been talking about. Not an old covenant, but a what? A new covenant. So Jesus was about to go to the cross. He was about to go to the grave. He was about to go into the lower parts of the earth called hell to pay all the price of man's sins once and for all. When, he, when they took him to the whipping post, remember that? You can read it in Isaiah 53. It says, surely he hath borne our grief and carried our sorrows. But those, those words are not sorrows and grief. It's sickness. And he, he took your sickness and he took your pain. The hardest thing to watch on the Passion of Christ to me is the whipping post. That's, that, that, that's, that, that is hard for any human to watch. How, how many of y'all agree with that? Don't you think it kind of insults God when you read the scriptures says every stripe he took was for your healing and then say, God, if it's your will, please heal someone. If it's your will. What, what do you think that was about? Has Jesus ever turned down anyone in the gospels for healing? 
No. So we've been, we've been taught incorrectly because everyone here believes, no matter what your denomination or what you were taught, anyone believes that the worst sinner in the world, if they came and they were really repentant, they believe that Jesus would save anyone. How many of y'all believe that? How come we don't believe that about healing? Well, now, ain't snooty. Well, that's what her problem was. But, 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 but. But the same, the same penalty or the same sacrifice that Jesus gave for your sins is the same sacrifice he gave for the healing of your body. So he said that he was wounded for your transgressions. He was wounded, what? For your iniquities. The chastisement of your peace he took upon himself. And by his stripes you are healed. Hmm? It says he, Jesus, who knew no sin... He became sin. Did he, did, he, did he sin to become a sinner? Answer. No. Are you the righteousness of God? Did you, do right, did you do a lot of things righteous to become righteous? No. You, you believed on him and you became righteous and he became sin. And all the diseases and the sin and every addiction and every... every Sin known to mankind from that day to this day fell upon Jesus. And he, he was so marred in his body from the punishment and the torment that he took. But it wasn't just the punishment that he took and torment that he took, which, which was horrific and beyond the scourging that he took. Uh, and there's, there's so much you could teach in there about the stripes. And they say, well, that was the 39. It wasn't 39. That, that would come, according to Roman law, I mean, they could go as far as they wanted to. They, they, they took him a little bit less than death. And you read Isaiah 52, the law of the prophets. And the prophets saw before Jesus was born on the earth and prophesied of his death on the cross. And he says, when they'll look at this man, what he's saying on the cross, this man who's dying, is that a human? The first movie, Jesus, remember, came out a number of years ago. They sent out a, a copy to everybody. Thank God that they did. But he had a few little stripes here and there. <laughs> no, no, no. No, he was whipped with a cat of nine tails. It wasn't a leather strap. It wasn't that hickory switch my, my mama got out to me that goes around your leg. She was good at it. But I mean, bring you in the line. No, it was jagged little pieces of metal and glass and steel and everything. And when they, when they went into the body, the cat of nine tails, it grabbed the flesh and they jerked it out with the flesh. And you want to know, is it his will to heal you? So he said, when you do this, do it in remembrance of what I did for you. I didn't need healing. I didn't need to be saved. I didn't need to be justified. But you did. I came to reconcile you back to the Father to make you family once again. And now you're my children and you are sealed forever. And you have the seal of the Spirit on the inside of you. And no man will take you out of my hand. <laughs> no man, no devil will take you out of his hand. So when we do this, when we do this, we're also doing a ha, 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 ha on the devil. We're doing a ha, 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 break the bread, take, eat. In Jesus' name, he was wounded. You're healed. You're whole in the name of Jesus. Glory to God.
best tasting styrofoam you've ever put in your mouth in the name of Jesus. Glory be to God, but today's his body. Hallelujah. And by his blood, you are washed. Say, I'm washed. Cleansed. Sanctified. Purified. And sealed by the blood of the Lamb. I'm righteous and holy before God. And because of the blood of Jesus, I can come up into the presence of God with no sense of inferiority. I can come into his presence without shame. Bless God for what he's done for me. Drink, please. And Christians ought to be happy. Amen. Glory to God. Praise you, Jesus. No one in the Old Testament did this. They couldn't do this. They couldn't have said anything that you said just about that. Man, if they'd have said anything like that, they would have been stoned or put into a sanitarium thinking, this guy's nuts. Hallelujah. Saying God's on the inside of him. That's what they wanted to kill Jesus for. They said, you're saying God is your father. Right? Can you imagine what they would have done to you with all, with all you just said in the last 15 minutes? They killed Jesus for saying he's his father. And we just got through saying, yeah, I know he lives inside of me. He, he What? <laughs> they would be building many crosses. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, I bless you today. If you're spending time with your family, well, however you're celebrating this resurrection day, I bless you in Jesus' name. You'll be safe. I would ask, I would ask you not to eat too much, but it's never worked so far. So I believe all that you do is blessed. We bless you. This Wednesday will be our, once again, will be our first Wednesday service. And uh, we'd love for you to be here with us, 7 o'clock. God bless you. Have a good day. Amen. Amen.